I would say that anyone who listens to the show or anyone who reads books or thinks about this stuff, like, you know, there's something inside them which is saying, like, there's, there's more. There's more. I want to know more. You need to know more, whatever that would be. For some odd reason, I had to have more. You know, it, it, it was like a hook. It got me, and I knew that I had to continue looking. You know, whether it was in those those woods or other places, I knew I had to branch out and do this more often. Many things uh, we could talk about about that experience, but one of them, I just realized there's people who just cannot deal with the idea that something yeah. in our experience is outside of the material or the explainable. And You're okay with me being involved in the occult, but I'm a weirdo because I saw you have... All right. That makes a whole lot of sense. He is a reptilian hybrid, so he looks normal, but she actually is a reptilian. He never believed me. All these things were happening, he never believed me. He goes, oh yeah, yeah, right, sure. I see images walking down the hall at night, big black images, and like almost like a, like the thing on Harry Potter. It was just bizarre. Spiritual, they do, you know, they, they, they let out good spiritual energy. So that's what a lot of witchcraft is, she explained to me. But she said, that's not what our coven believes. We're the other kind of witch. And so we're all getting kind of terrified at this point. He said you were disrespectful of their burial ground. You, as a Native American, should know better than to build there. And the spirits are angry with you for doing that. Parents, listen, listen to your children. Do not rule the paranormal out. That is so important. Please believe them. Help them. I looked up and this upright walking hairy creature was walking into the tree line about my three o'clock position and it had a the deer over its shoulder. It grabbed its head, took it, and just smashed it up to it up against a tree. We do have a special Valentine's Day um, tour coming up because well I think I just saw an orb fly by you by the way. Did you <laughs> fantastic sure if that's I'm not what it was. I'm gonna go look at it after but I see yeah, you have yeah, a lot just, of energy around me. Yeah just like quickly across your right side there. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even feel cool. it. We'll have to look at that after. There's but, happy energy in yeah. here. I feel it's happy, which is good. Oh, yes, it's that time again. Time for your Friday Night Fright. This is Unexplained Incorporated. I am your host, Phantom Phil, and we are officially open for business and ready to believe you. Got a real special one for you tonight. Once again, I said for the second time this month a while back that I'm teaming up with my buddy CJ from the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast as uh, he got us connected to a very special guest, a tarot deck designer by the name of Jen Galasso, who lives in New England. And uh, this is a really fun chat. I love where it went. I love the energy. And uh, before we get into a more formal intro... I just want to ask a few questions about what you're going to hear in this interview. Trying something new this week. So how did tarot become demonized in mainstream society? Do tarot cards really mean what they visually portray? How effective is a tarot software app? What caused 
Jen to quit a telephone reading tarot service. Do we really discuss JoJo's psychic alliance in the middle of this interview? Ontario and Quebec true believers? Yes, we do. What makes New England special for the lovers of the supernatural? And what are Jen's favorite horror movies? That and many other questions alongside with my man CJ, will be answered in this episode. And this is also following under the banner of the Void Podcast Network as well, which will be introduced after we hear a more formal introduction from the one and only Angel Card Amy. With an extra week in July of 2021, the Lightworker series is a little bit early. This time, Phantom Phil teams up with CJ of the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast to interview author and tarot deck designer Jennifer Glasso. She will talk about her designs, kick back, and listen to this rare swapcast with the mind behind Crystal Visions Tarot. second installment of the void podcast network i am that beardless boy wonder here cj accompanied with my good buddy phantom phil phil how are you cj i'm tremendous uh thank you for having me on this uh episode tonight yeah this is going to be a real great one um we are finally getting a chance to sit down and and dig into the metaphysical a little bit, which isn't really something we get to do on Infinite Rabbit Hole very often. So I'm very excited to be able to do that. And uh, Phil, I know you dig into the metaphysical literally all the time, but I don't think you've directly touched on our subject today, have you? No, it's funny you ask because um, when I do the monthly Lightworker series on Unexplained Incorporated, I've had a very recent... Uh, string of psychic mediums now with that being said what we're going to talk about tonight is something i haven't dove this deep into so i'm very excited to get into it right now oh, it's gonna be fantastic i know i know angel card amy is uh, looking forward to it because she has quite an impressive collection herself indeed she'll be listening for sure all right so phil uh tonight we are joined by a special guest uh jen galasso author of the crystal visions tarot deck and we're going to be discussing the history and then the going forwards of tarot in itself and the significance of tarot. Jen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Thank you both for having me. This is exciting. I'm nervous, but it's exciting. <laughs> You're nervous. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, honestly, this is kind of why I get into podcasting because I get to be a fan of people and then I can coerce them into talking to me. <laughs> Well, thank you. I'm so flattered. <laughs> um, so really, like you, you're an author of the tarot specifically, and uh, your Crystal Visions deck is actually the only deck that I own. I don't. I'm not a collector. Oh. Um, 
So make a long story short, I was at a pagan festival and was looking for a tarot deck. And I, I initially saw yours um, from the get-go and my eyes were drawn to it. And then I started browsing and then I would come back up to it. And I was browsing and I would come back up to it. And the person that was operating the tent was like, you know, that's the one you're supposed to buy, right? Wow. Oh, that's so cool. Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, and I got it. And uh, I honestly couldn't have made a better choice. The The artwork is phenomenal. The themes in the individual cards are incredible. Uh, my box looks like it's been through a bump, <laughs> but but the cards are still they're they're looking good still i'll have and, to send uh, you a little pouch because i put mine in a pouch because the box is like it gets trashed you know so i'll have to, you'll have to I mean, tell me where to send it and i'll i'll send you one <laughs> i i am I, that's amazing thank you so much i i will definitely uh message you after this um uh phil do you do you have any tarot i do not however you mentioned my friend who helps me with the podcast, Angel Card Amy, she has, I believe, multiple decks and mutual friends of ours who are also um, practicing psychics have their own versions of decks as well. So I've been exposed to a lot of decks, but I do not own any. And who knows, after this interview, I may own my first. Uh, Jen here may change my mind. We'll see. Well, along with the pouch, I might have to send another another deck for you <laughs> so you can try them out. All right, cool. Yeah. You definitely won't regret it. The the Crystal Visions deck, um, I guess you could describe it as stereotypically effeminate, but I like, I like pretty stuff. <laughs> I mean, we've gone over that. In, in I, I'm definitely just like a regular old straight guy, but I like pretty stuff. And it's kind of bizarre, but like I'm not ashamed of it. I'm Apologies. so glad. That's um, great because I, w- I was worried that maybe it spoke to – like it didn't speak to the masses. So it's good to know, you know, that you, it resonates with you. So that's, that makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I, I'm, I'm actually so glad that I'm, I'm having a, a hard time. I'm trying not to fanboy. While we're doing this, <laughs> but, um, I gotta say, uh, yeah, the, the deck in itself is absolutely amazing. Uh, I guess the six of swords, my all time favorite card out of the whole thing. Oh, um, thank it just you. speaks on so many levels. I was in a dark place when I painted the swords. It was like dead of winter in Rhode Island. And, um, you know, every day was gray. So like all the swords are kind of, that's, yeah, that's where I, my head space was at during those few months. So <laughs> like um, the, the card itself and the, the six of swords, if anybody's wondering, um, you're looking at a woman with her back to you and she's discarding two swords into the snow while multiple swords are around her. Um, and then she's staring off into the distance at a set of crows and it looks like it's either sunset or sunrise. I'm going to, I honestly want to say it's sunset just because it looks like she's really spent like the entire her, the entire day just fighting battles and it's finally over and she's looking off into the distance at these messenger birds who are, who are there to bring her good news. And while it's somber and it definitely gives you a sense of sadness, it also gives you a sense of relief. And I just, I really resonate with that, that theme in general. Oh, did, I, did I get it? You right? did get it right. I was like, yeah, it's definitely sunset. That's for sure. I didn't really, I didn't really think about it, but now that I do it, yeah, it's definitely sunset. And um, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. It, there is definitely a sadness in that card. I think just in general, in the, in the meaning of the card in general, 
um, it's kind of a sad card, but there's always sadness and change. And, but, you know, you have to look at the, you know, the optimism of change too, that new opportunities await. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And honestly, yeah, that's one of the things that I do appreciate about this particular deck in general is it's extremely detailed, but there's an ease to reading it where I learned on this deck. So whenever I was like, oh, get the rider weight, I was like, no, I'm going. <laughs> I'm so glad. That's yeah, because I've I've always been like I've read for friends and family, but I've never felt comfortable like reading professionally. And I just I'm a visual learner too, so I, I like something that I can just look at and you know, colors or like pat you know, just like a story almost rather than try to memorize the meanings of each and every card and then try to recall it, you know? So I'm glad, I'm glad it was easy for you to learn. That was something I was worried about. Like I wanted that for people that, you know, had never read before, you know, were nervous about it or just didn't know where to start. So that's cool. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, there you go, Phil. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you're right. You probably would be like this great reader. (laughs) No, I'll keep that in mind. You know, what's actually really interesting is like um, when it comes to magical practice in itself, where I'm more uh, folky and sort of ceremonial. I'm kind of dabbling with this system called Quaria right now. I just don't have time to dedicate to an initiatory process at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Phil is actively learning uh, shamanism. You want to take a moment to discuss that a little bit, Phil? Oh, that'd be cool, yeah. Yeah, um, that's a whole long story in and of itself, but the short version is is that um, I discovered a book on shamanism in uh, spring of 2019, and it had such an impact on me that it led me to a practitioner and to get some sessions as a client. Unfortunately, this person um, decided to basically closed their business last year. However, when one door closes, another one opens, and I actually found a more experienced and more grounded instructor a lot closer to where I live. And they offer uh, monthly courses, which um, I started in May of 2021 and will be working into the rest of the year. And on top of that, I'm taking Reiki courses as well, and I'm going to be blending the two together to start my own practice probably sometime in 2022. Oh wow, that's great! I was just I was just talking to a friend who had um, Reiki done, and I, I've always been interested in that. I've never had it done. I don't know why, but that's that sounds interesting. That's great. Good for you. I'll just say I'll just say this: there's potential for it to change your life if you allow it to. So just, just keep that in mind when you start to explore. Okay. I will definitely. Yeah. I I've heard it's, it's powerful, you know, and I think that's what it is. You have to be open to it. I'm sure that's part of it. Yeah. You know, Oh, that's neat. Yeah. You're going to have to forward me some of this information when you, you know, when you launch your business and everything, that's, that's great. Oh, definitely. Definitely will be done. Yeah. I think this, this past year brought a lot of people to new paths and it's, positive. It's great. Everyone seems optimistic and well, not everyone, but everyone I've talked to anyway, seems, you know, could have gone either way, but they chose the path of looking to the future, you know, in a positive light. So that's cool. 
Right, uh, Jen, if you, if you don't mind me asking, um, would you mind uh, discussing maybe uh, your path a little bit and like kind of like fill us in on, on where you are in, in your magic? Oh, absolutely. Sure. Thank you. Um, well, I'm, I'm my, <laughs> in general, I'm a little chaotic, so it's hard to put a timeline on things, but I do, as far as tarot goes, um, I was, I was in high school when I, I got into all of that. Um, I live in Rhode Island and on the east side of Providence, um, there is a street near Brown University and um, Thayer Street. And it's it's a pretty well-known street to anyone familiar with this area. And there were a lot of like metaphysical shops um, at the time, you know, but I didn't drive yet. So like, you know, I don't know if I took a bus or got a ride with an older friend, but I started hanging out down there. And, and that's kind of how I, I started getting into um, just reading about, you know, different paths. Like, of course I was attracted to witchcraft first and then that led to tarot and, and other things, you know? Um, and I don't know, it's just kind of always been, it's funny cause I was raised Catholic, you know? Um, but I think a lot of times it starts with like an organized type religion, maybe that you start to question and look at other things. Maybe, I don't know. Um, Oh yeah, for sure. You know, but, and then being an artist, I just, I, of course, when I got the cards, I wasn't really a very, I always say I'm not a good reader, but like I read for people and they say, Oh, the reading's accurate, but it's not me anyway. It's the cards, you know, it's, and it's them understanding the cards in, you know, whatever perspective um, they have, whatever they're going through. But I think because I didn't feel confident as a reader, I, was more like, Oh, I'm going to make a tarot deck someday. Like, you know, I'm going to paint one. And so that was always like a goal of mine, you know? And then I don't know, I had this goal, like everything to happen when I was like 25 for whatever reason, that was my magic number. And then 25 came and went and I was like, Oh wait, I didn't do any of these things. So then when 30 rolled around, I had like a crisis, you know, and I'm like, I need to get some stuff done, you know? And so, I, that's when I started really thinking about, about doing a tarot deck, you know? So, um, and I'm actually working on another, so, but it's very early stages. So it's not really, um, it's finally about time because it's been, it's been a long time. It's been 10 years this year. So, um, it was a lot of painting. It drained me like creatively for a long time. Um, and this one's going to be a little different. It's not going to be as fantasy. Um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit different. So I'm hoping people still, you know, are interested in it. We'll see. I'm liking it so far, but it's, it's not ready to like post yet. I don't have anything like finished enough yet to post, you know, but hopefully soon. So. Oh, we're definitely going to be looking for Yeah. I'll def- I'll keep you posted for sure. So. And when, when it comes out, I will definitely be buying. Oh, see, well, I'll send you one. Don't worry. But, um, it's it's wandering souls tarot. That's the working title. Hopefully, it sticks. So um, keep an eye out for that. So definitely. Um, all right. I mean, before we really get into the whole topic of the significance of tarot and and a little bit of history here, um, we should really make like a, a clarification because tarot does have this like side by side companion that a lot of times in places I've seen it recommended as the the, the starter, like, read this before you read tarot, and that's the oracle cards. 
And there's a pretty strong difference between Oracle cards and tarot. Uh, just for everybody out there listening that, uh, cause I'm sure plenty, I have an Oracle deck. I'm sure Jen, do you have any Oracle decks or you work strictly? With no, them? I do have some Oracle decks. Yes. Okay. And like, uh, and maybe you can agree that when it comes to Oracle decks, the individual deck has a specific purpose, unlike the tarot, which is sort of this like all encompassing. You can ask it pretty much whatever you want for the most part, where an Oracle deck has like a very, uh, depending on what the theme of the deck is, like kind of a restrictive environment. Right. I would agree with that. Definitely. I think the Oracle, I think I have one or two that were gifted to me. And one is like an angel. So it's kind of focuses on angels and asking your like spirit guides or angels. And I've seen like, you know, animals, you know, those kind of spirit guides. So yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Can I jump in here for a second on the Oracle discussion? Um, I wanted to bring the, yeah, I wanted to bring this up at the appropriate time. Um, My one friend who has also been on my podcast, she is a reader and a Reiki practitioner and she's indigenous and she has a, shamanic oracle healing deck and she uses it in um readings on her youtube channel and jen i can send that to you later on if you want to but the artwork on this shamanic oracle deck is gorgeous and i was just wondering if you had any thoughts on that deck or if you'd seen any of it because if not i highly recommend you taking a look i would love to yeah if you can send me that link for sure i mean i might have i may have seen it and you know and not realized and um but yeah if you can send me that i would love to I'm always, I am always like seeking out new decks and um, seeing what's out there. And yeah, the, um, the channel started just a few months ago, but the readings I've watched on it, the card, the artwork on those cards always amazes me. So yeah, I'll definitely send that. Is she just on YouTube? Is she on like TikTok or any Instagram or anything doing reading? Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can give you that stuff. Oh, nice. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I only have uh, one Oracle deck myself, and that's the, the Wilds. Wilds? Ah, yeah, I, I went into my magical toolbox <laughs> and pulled my, my tarot deck out, but I didn't bring the Oracle ones up. Uh, it's like a nature theme. Is it Wild Unknown or something? Is it? Is that? Is it yes. Yeah. Yes. They all look like Bratz dolls. Yeah. Yeah. In- <laughs> I think I know which one you're talking about. If I'm, if I have, if I'm picturing the one, the right one in my mind, but. Um, there's so many and they're so beautiful. I like, I honestly, most of the decks I have, I, I just collect. I don't read with them because I'm like, I just like the artwork, you know, that's, um, but there's a, there are always good ones, new, new ones coming out. And I hope more of them get out there and get the, you know, get the word out there. Cause there's so many, but there's so many worthy good ones that you want, you know, you want to know about them. No, definitely. And I mean, and card reading is, I guess, I guess we could just jump right into it. Like, uh, and it goes back so far. And I feel like a lot of people initially associate the tarot card readings with uh, a person named Antoine Corday Geblin. Is that a Oh, I, I have to say I'm embarrassingly um, ignorant as far as my tarot history. I, so um, you may actually teach me something like, I, I mean, I know certain things like someone will say something. I'll be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's funny. My dad was a history professor and I am horrendous at like history of things and like, and, and putting dates to things and timelines. So, um, but that, <laughs> that name does sound familiar. So I'm sure I have heard it. Um, you can, uh, you can impress your dad later then. <laughs> um, 
he was a he was a French guy. Uh, and in 1773, he created a book called Le Monde Primitif, or the Primitive. Oh. And um, it was initially about languages, but within it, he he talks about how the tarot in itself is based on ancient Egyptian texts. Like, there's no evidence to back up his claims, but this is where a lot of people really begin their historical knowledge of the tarot in itself. And we're talking about you know, these cards were originally created for playing a game hmm. with, right? Um, we're looking back at like, I believe it was ancient Greek or Roman times. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Phil. Um, mm, I can't remember myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're talking pre-printing press. Uh, so really it was like the rich and well-off who had these right. cards. And the um, uh, major arcana, were individually crafted cards that were created to a theme uh, that was requested by the individual purchasing the deck. And after the creation of the printing press, tarot cards became way more available to the general public at much cheaper rates. Uh, so we were looking at, you know, uh, peasants and things ha having these things right. at hand. Uh, later in the 16th and 17th centuries, is when they really began to take off as sort of like a divination uh, tool. And uh, the church gets involved eventually. Uh, a lot of people were messing around with this. And we're talking also talking about a time period where if you went to like a social gathering or a party or something, right. there would just be seances. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I bet you like Victorian times. Like, I, I feel like that would be a time where tarot cards would would be a big thing like a you know just something yeah, people did on like a random night you know mm -hmm. yeah they were huge and honestly the concept of the of doing things like tarot and seances uh wasn't really demonized until fairly recently uh in the 70s wow. uh with the creation of the movie the Exorcist. oh one of my favorites i love that movie yeah Okay, so we know in the in that movie the character Reagan, and now we're we're treading on Phil's territory. Movies. <laughs> um, uh, Reagan uh, uses a Ouija boarding and ends up getting possessed right. by a demon. This, that, yeah. and the other thing. Uh, that movie specifically demonized the Ouija board in itself. Uh, but the concept of like just doing seances and things like that, as like just a group of friends doing stuff, was popular until then. That movie came out, and the Catholic Church looked at that and went, that's what those do? No. No, 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 no. And that was, and that, was that. Yeah. So it, it's kind of crazy. Like, we were dealing with something that was as popular as it was up until right. years ago. So interesting. <laughs> I think it's all, it's all in the way, you, you know, you use certain things. It, it's the intent. It's the knowledge. It's, you know, I mean... When you have kids at a slumber party messing around, you know, I, I think they scare each other. You know, certain things can happen. I don't know. It, I think if you're a knowledgeable practitioner of whatever divination tool you use and you take it seriously, um, you know, nothing should be demonized, you know, but it, it has. Yeah. I agree. It, you know, that's the, the way it, ha you know, and it still is, too, you know. While we're on that subject, um, this is a question for both of you. Like, how do you think the tarot got roped in with things like the Ouija board and seances? Because like you said, it started out as 
something that was available to the upper class, the elites, and then trickled its way down. And then just to fast forward to uh, more modern times, it's by many people, it's still seen as something taboo or possibly connected to evil, or some still think it's a joke. So just to kind of pick up where we left the conversation off, where do you think that kind of perception went wrong? And when did people lump it in with things that were so-called evil and whatnot? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I don't know, CJ, you might be able to answer that better than me because I've, I think I've always felt people, certain people just aren't open-minded to, to certain things. They've already made up, made their decision. Um, so I, I don't know if I could pinpoint a time. So you might be able to do that better. Um, honestly, within my, within my research, uh, regarding the history and things, it really, um, doesn't look like that the tarot in itself, uh, was, uh, demonized that much earlier in the seventies in itself. It really is like the exorcist movie kind of like, Oh my God, I'm never going to be able to watch that movie the same way. Now. <laughs> I have heard rumors that that movie was very like impactful at that time. It was like scandalous almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When it came to the, 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 the Catholic church specifically yeah. and everything, it was just this really prominent moment where they just had this like elucidating moment. They were like, what? <laughs> no, no more tarot cards. Put those candles away. Use the church candles. <laughs> right, and right. You with that board. And it's just like, uh, it probably didn't help. Card- Sorry, it probably didn't help that the movie got released, I think, the day after Christmas <laughs> in 73. So that probably, probably didn't not. help anything. But it's just funny how, I mean, not to get into all of, like, the Catholic Church and everything, but it's a lot of the things um, originated from paganism. But, you know, I whether or not it's acknowledged within, I don't know. But, um, you know, it's it's just funny that you could just make something so powerful you know, just by saying it's evil, you know, but I mean, they're cards, they're pieces of paper, you know, and it's just with pictures on them, you know, I mean, it's like saying, oh, playing poker is evil because, you know, you're using cards with pictures on them too, you know, and it means something. So I don't know. Well, a lot of, a lot of people, uh, specifically in the Christian religion, and I'm, I'm sure uh, others, it's just my experiences with Christians, being in America and everything that's the dominant uh, religion here. Um, they, they take a look at something like that and they're, they, they believe it comes from a demonic right. origin. I don't even know if I believe in demons. I mean, I'm open to everything. Like I, I, I never say never, but you know, well, I mean, technically speaking, uh, anybody who deals with any sort of spiritual entity uh, within their magical practices, dealing with a demon. If we look at, the history of where that word even comes from, we're looking back at the ancient Greek word daemon, which just meant spirit. Right. Right. And then when orthodoxy and Catholicism split, they had this thing and they were like, well, daemons, daemons, daemons. We're not just talking to wood sprites and fairies anymore. No. <laughs> oh, they're winged and black and they do bad things and they'll steal your baby. Like, yeah. So. Oh, demonize the word demon. <laughs> oh. Right. Or at least take it back to the roots. Like it just means spirit. Right. I mean, exactly. Places did that. Like, uh, even if we look at the word ball 
uh, and then that the the deity Baal gets criticized across Christianity and Judaism, all the Abrahamic faiths, and even even other uh, monotheistic faiths, Zoroastrianism, and things like that, where Baal in itself simply meant Lord, right? Right. right? So they were just speaking to the Lord of the skies or the Lord of agriculture or whatever. Um, but they took, took it and they're like, ball, ball, <laughs> the devil. <laughs> it just, it shows how powerful, how much power words have, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're words, but they do, they do hold power. And especially if, if enough people agree, so it, it, it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. You know, it can, it's positive or negative depending. And like you said, in that instance, right. it's, it's a negative thing because people want to believe something or just make something out of something it's not, you know. We experience it every day, you know, in life. But. Yep. And that's that's kind of a build-up to the, the next part of the, the history behind tarot as well, where at the time uh, tarot was really picking up in, in its attraction for divination, we're talking about people started using them to read. They would also use regular playing cards to read. Um, there's a divinatory practice for that. And uh, people were beginning to assign specific meanings to the cards. And then they were passing these ideas to other people. So then that's how we end up with uh, specific cards having specific meanings. Right. Um, and then we always have the traditional practice of, listen, you know, don't even look at that little booklet first. Look at the card and tell yeah, you how it feels. I agree with right. that. Mm-hmm. And that that was the original thing. And then we have them uh, coming up and like this whole practice. And then that was incorporated into seance and things like that. And at the time period when this was becoming popular, the church was completely okay with it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> at that time period, they uh, we're, we're also thinking about back towards like we're um, – the Spanish Inquisition and, and things were happening, I believe, if I have my time periods correct. Uh, but the church in itself did not look down on what we commonly call low magic, right? right? Your your folk practices and your divination and herbal medicines and right. things like that. And they were they were cool. They were like, whatever, that's not a big deal. Um, and then that wasn't uh, that wasn't a problem for the longest time. And then. I forget the exact history behind it, uh, but they um, eventually just decided, like, no, that's got to go too. I think it, I think it had something to do with the inception of Christmas. If I'm, I'm trying to remember my history, because Christmas was illegal really? for a while. Huh. Yeah, in like the mid 1700s, Christmas was illegal. <laughs> wow. And. But they couldn't stop the pagans from practicing it, so they were just like absorb their traditions, <laughs> and that didn't work. And they're just like, all right, fine. have do whatever you want. Um, but that's when we uh, encounter the Order of the Golden Dawn, uh, with the author. What was his name? Arthur. Was his name Arthur? Oh, I have a book. Oh my god! You think I would have wrote something? <laughs> Um, oh, I totally forgot to bring this guy up. Uh, Jean Baptiste Allier wrote a book mm. on how to read tarot cards. That was a uh, kind of a big deal. Huh. Oh man, I cannot remember this individual's full name, and now I feel terrible. Well, CJ, while you're looking uh, for that, while you're looking for that, I could just ask a bit of a question here. Um, sure. 
you briefly talked about how people were assigning meanings to certain cards. Um, Jen, I know you've said that you do more of the art and the illustrations than actual reading, but is there anything you could tell me about connecting to a tarot deck, a tarot deck, excuse me, energetically, whether it's for reading or when you're drawing and um, designing the decks? I'd love to know. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, as far as reading the cards, um, when I get a new deck, if I plan to read with it, I will, I, I, it, people might laugh at this because it's something they tell beginners to do. And, but it really, I feel like it helps like just to put them like under your pillow or put them like on your person for a while, just to get your energy into them. You could cleanse them too with like a crystal. Um, and then just go through the cards, look at each one. Um, when I am reading, I will shuffle. I usually have a, a basic pattern to shuffle, but if I feel like I need to shuffle more, um, I hope this is the, I don't know if this is the right answer to what you were asking, but, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I do as far as like reading or connecting with them to, to read. I just want, no, you know, oh. yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's good to know. And, um, just as, um, as a client in the past at several different readings, the best readings I've had from the Tarot are when I'm told to ground out, put my feet firmly on the floor, and then just take three or four deep breaths. And then that's when I feel the energy starts to flow. And then really that's where the magic happens. So I, I like where you're at with that. That's interesting you mentioned that because the breathing beforehand is, is very important. Um, I always have people ask me, how many, how many do I pick? And I never tell them, I just say, I'll tell you when to stop just because I don't want them to count and worry, focus on, Oh, I have to pull, pull 10 cards. Cause then they're going one, two in their mind, you know, I just want them to pull and to just try and feel. And it's hard to tell people to do that. You know, they just have to try to focus, but, um, but the breathing that's, that's really, uh, that's a good point. Um, just to get you out of your head a little bit, even just so you're not overthinking it, you know? Yeah, for sure. So I can't find the information I was looking for <laughs> and I'm too lazy to pick up my phone and Google it. That's okay. But <laughs> the individual's last name was wait in the golden dawn. And he teamed up with another woman within the, the, uh, the golden dawn who actually did the, uh, the pictures and whatnot, and they created the Rider Weight deck, who, who, which was created. Oh, wow. Okay. So there was a deck yeah. prior to that. Then, um, then, I did not, I didn't know that. Unless uh, Golden Dawn does sound familiar, though. Yeah, the Order yeah. of the Golden Dawn. Yeah, they uh, stemmed from Freemasons, huh. I believe. I bet you it's on Eclectic or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been, you probably have stumbled across that website, Eclectic Tarot. Um, there's like, I don't know how active it is now, but there, there was a very active forum, um, lots of Decker music ever, ever created. Um, it's, it's really bizarre. Um, I, I don't do a lot of the internet community when it comes to the metaphysical. I'm a very in-person, I need to touch things. Um, I like to see your aura. 
I don't like to try to work it. I did it once online with a friend and it didn't feel genuine and I couldn't feel the connection that I feel when I'm doing things for people. And it was just bizarre. Like, like when you mentioned like sleeping with your tarot deck underneath your pillow, that's actually what I did with this one. Um, And I just, I just put it on my pillow every night until I felt like I didn't need to anymore. And you establish that connection with it. And then every time you pick it up, it's the same familiarity and recognition as if like you saw an right. old friend. Yeah. That's a good right? way to describe it. So you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. it, it almost becomes an extension of your hand when you pick it up. And like, you're just like, all right, I'm ready to do this. Um, I don't, I don't really do the whole internet thing. Yeah. No, it's, I've never um, really taken part in the forum there, but it, it's a good resource. The site itself, if you're interested in a deck, um, I mean, you can always probably go on Amazon and read the reviews there, but um, they have a lot of deck reviews <clears throat> posted on the site. Um, if you're not interested in taking part in the, and I, I'm not a fill, I don't even ever go on the site. It's just gotcha. a huge, huge tarot site. Um, if there are any new ones, I don't, I don't know about them. I haven't. Sadly, I've been out of the loop too, like with online forums and stuff for like a lot of years, you know, I mean, I'm not even on a lot of social media lately either. So I'm a little out of the loop with with things like that, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it works, it works real well for a lot of people, the whole over the internet doing readings like that. I mean, Phil angel card, Amy does her stuff. Some people really are able to connect. I think I'd be with you. I'd, I'd find it difficult, but a lot of people don't, and that's good. I mean, it, it allows people to connect from anywhere in the world. So, yeah, I just wanted to say briefly that uh, Angel Card Amy does her readings through like uh, Instagram yeah. and one of the big uh, Zoom as well. And one of the big reasons for that was because of the pandemic. So, I mean, that's a lot of people may not want to do it online but given the current circumstances at least until recently a lot of people maybe didn't have a choice that wanted to explore it that right, way so right and even if it was something that was uncomfortable mm-hmm. i think people had to try and just do it anyway and now and now they're probably it you know it, for me it would be a source of anxiety i think i don't know why it just would be but i think maybe you have to get over it like you said if that's if that was the only alternative you know you have to change your way of thinking. But. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it would just be very like my style of reading. I I shuffle uh, the cards. I, I ask you to focus on a question or or even just like a subject, like something you need to know about, and then I will actually pass you my deck of cards for you to shuffle. Which I know is not a common practice, but that's how I was taught to do it, and it works really, really well for me. I like that. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, the person touching your deck is imbuing part of their energy into right. that deck. Right. So the thing that they're focusing on, their intent now goes into the cards briefly and allows them to read for that person. And I have found that when I don't pass the other individual in my deck, it reads for yeah. me. Yeah. I, and then they're like, oh, the cards didn't get anything correct. And it was like, eh, <laughs> I used to read from my, like my daughter and her friends and, and none of them knew how to shuffle. So I, they didn't shuffle and that's what would end up happening by the third person. It was like, they're all the same. They're reading the same. Maybe this is my, my reading, you know, but 
even if they cut them something, just connect with them on some, some level, you know, um, if people are uncomfortable shuffling or whatever, you know, they can cut them into a few piles, something, you know, or at least, you know, choose them something. I was reading on your uh, website, Jen, um, about something called the crystal visions app. Now I've never thought of like a tarot reading app and it seems like such a simple thing and it just never crossed my mind. So what's uh, good about this one? And uh, are there other apps out there you can use for the tarot? Cause it's something I've never explored myself. Yes, it actually. Okay. So I'm, I'm not responsible for the app. Um, it's a, um, what is it? Uh, something fool's dog. Sorry. I just, I, my mind went blank for a second. Um, the fool's dog is, it's a, he was a semi retired, I believe, um, like computer programmer, something with computers. And he started developing apps and his wife was interested in the tarot. So they kind of teamed up and he makes, there, there are a ton of apps, um, for all different decks, the rider, I believe the rider weight. Um, and they have, I don't know how many they're up to now. So I, I either contacted them or they contacted me. I don't remember after my deck came out and I had to get permission from the publishing company, us games. And they, they granted it and they actually ended up doing apps for more of their other, for some of their other decks. And it's eerily accurate. Like I use it all the time. I have one on my phone and my iPad and it is, it is really accurate. Now, unfortunately they, I don't know the status update, but they are retiring, retiring. I, I got a notice when I got my last statement from them and I think they were looking for a, someone to take over someone who knew with an app creator or just someone to buy the business. I'm not exactly sure. So if you're interested, I can, I can give you that information on the side, but, uh, number one, I'm not very inclined with electronics and software. And number two, that would just be way too much work (laughs) for me to take on right now. As cool as it sounds, I just wanted to add one more thing to that. It's really cool that you said that the act is very, or the app, excuse me, is very accurate because I was wondering if when you were connecting to cards like that through a device or through a screen, if there would be like an energetic block and the results would be all wonky, but you're saying that's not, it, the case. it is, it is so strange. Cause I thought the exact same thing. I said, this will never be accurate. Um, you know, and it's just a fun thing. Like I thought, it, you know, this is cool, but like, it's not going to be accurate. I've actually pull, have, done readings with the app and then actually have read my cards and they are so similar. They've been so similar. So, um, it's, it's, it's strange. I I can't explain it, but, um, I think it just transcends electronics. You know, I think whatever energy you're putting out there, it just, I don't know, but it, yeah, it's, it's strange. Yeah. Cool. And I've tried other decks. It's not just mine. Like I've, I've tried with other decks, you know, apps through the, I don't, I've never tried another company's apps, there must be other ones I would imagine, but, um, everyone he does in really high quality, um, his apps, I, I hope they find someone to take it because 
I would hate for them to just disappear that, you know, but, or not get updated, even though I don't know that they would need, but eventually I'm sure they would, but. To make it more compatible with different. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've never had an issue and it's been probably eight years or so. And I, I know they've, there've been a few updates along the way, but nothing major, but eventually, you know, everything becomes obsolete. So. Um, speaking of obsolete, you know, we, we discussed the earlier that individual tarot cards, like people began to come up with meanings and pass those meanings on to other people. And I feel like some of the common meanings, especially when it comes to the major arcana are actually kind of, uh, ironic in a way, I guess yeah. is what I'm looking for. And it actually throws a lot of people off, especially when you're doing a reading for them. Like, um, my favorite is anytime like the first card you reveal, is <laughs> right. cool. it seems insulting. It, right. Mm. Yeah. It's, right. I used to hate to get the fool. Now I love it because it's like a new adventure, but I used to think the same thing. Like, Oh, I'm yeah. So- yeah. They get in there. Like, mm, yeah. <laughs> say to me? like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Phil, are you, are you familiar at all with any of the tarot card meanings? Well, I just wanted to ask about that actually. Um, you talk about, you know, the fool and two other cards that just flashed to my mind immediately are like the death card and the devil card. And I just wanted you guys to open up a little bit on the fact that these cards don't exactly have the meanings of what they may appear at face value. Am I correct in saying that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think one of my favorites is anytime the death card comes up for somebody who either has never experienced a terror reading <laughs> before, or maybe they've only had it done a couple of times and like, or, or they don't really have like an involvement in learning terror themselves. They just get enjoyment out of having the right. cards read for them. And they're literally like, Oh my <laughs> God, why? You mean I'm going to die? <laughs> I love the death card. I love, I love the death card. I love the fool and I love the world because the fool, you start something new. The world, you've learned something, you've ended something, and you've gained something from that. And usually the death is something necessary, even ending, even if you don't want it to end, you know? So it's, I ha- you have to kind of, it's all in how, I think every card is how you view it. it. They're both, they're all positive and negative, just depending on your perspective, so... Oh yeah, hundred percent. And and I was doing a reading for somebody once who had asked. Uh, I never I never ask uh, anybody to reveal their question to me until after. Actually, I tell them to not tell me what their question is. Oh, until that's after good. Yeah. The reading. Um, mm. They don't always. They're not always comfortable telling me what they asked, and I'm, I don't press people. I'm like, come on. I'm like, oh, do you mind? Like, right. what did you ask? Right. I'm, I'm interested. Um, and the one time uh, the individual had asked about his marriage, which was not going well (laughs) and death card came up and he was like oh my god is she gonna die (laughs) i was no but the the marriage there's there's a significant ending coming he's like a significant like yeah something significant in your life if you get that and the tower look out (laughs) (laughs) yeah he was like well why doesn't it mean death i'm like listen if that had been the tower We'd be talking a whole different story right now. Yeah, actually, that's funny that, you you know, like, I think both of them, I look at the tower as more disaster than death. Yeah. They're both like swift, major changes, but the tower is 
like you said, it's probably more worrisome than, than the death card because it, it could be something really valuable that's crumbling to the ground that, you know, you really, you know, that you want to maintain, you know, but you don't have a choice. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, it's just, it it is, it's, it's just comical sometimes to see the genuine reactions and then you can be like, no, no, no. Or I think, I think I remember the very first time I ever drew the tower card. Um, during somebody's reading and I just sat there for a moment just <laughs> looking at it and they were looking at me and they're like what and I'm like I'm I'm not really sure I want to how do I break this <laughs> 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 yeah. because that's not what you came here for I know that's it, not what you came here for it's tell you right you want to tell them you want to be up front and yet you want to like kind of sugarcoat it a little bit you know but Oh, and just the individual card meetings. It is amazing. Uh and then just genuine reaction is fantastic. And uh do, do you have any do you have any good stories of like like specific like uh times where like you you dealt with somebody who saw a card for the first time or they saw it and immediately interpreted it as something it wasn't and like maybe there was a hilarious invent Well, there there I can't think of a hilarious event. I really only read for for friends and family. Um, I love reading for skeptics who are open-minded. Um, and I don't know if this would qualify as hilarious, but I do specifically remember reading for my friend and her husband. And he was the, you know, he's very like scientific and, but he was genuinely curious and, um, cautiously skeptical, I guess, you know, but, but open-minded about it. and he and his buddy were there and they worked together and there was something about his work that came up that I didn't know about. And, but it, it came up and, you know, obviously I interpret it as his work. I said, I think this is work related, you know, there's probably pentacles involved and a tower or something, you know, something along those lines. And they were both, I didn't realize, but they were both, um, stuff was going on at work and they thought they were going to lose their jobs or they were looking to leave, So it was really accurate and they were both kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Now his wife, my friend, she, I read her for the first time right after and she was just not concentrating and she was just like fooling around and not taking it seriously at all. And her, her reading made no sense at all. It was all over the place, but it's, again, it's like if you focus and put your energy on, it's really, that's the important thing for the person if you're having your cards read for the first time, don't panic. Just be open-minded and concentrate on whatever is on your mind. Most likely, even if it's not in your question, it's going to come up if it's important. You know, you probably have experienced that with people, you know, or yourself even. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. It will make itself known if you need to know it. <laughs> Oh yeah, I like especially like when you when you do get those readings where it's just all over the place. I did have one person ask me; they were like, "This is everywhere." Like, what is this? What does this mean? I was like, "It means you're scatterbrained." I was going to say that's probably more what's going on in their in their brain at the moment. Maybe you know. Um. <laughs> they were like, "What?" I'm like, "How many questions did you ask?" I told you to ask one. Right. Um. You confused it. No yeah, right. one wants to answer ten. 
And it's a lot harder to do that. Focus is so important. (laughs) So, um, Jen, while we're on this uh, subject here, I have to ask this because I saw this um, reading your bio off of uh, your main website. And you talk about an era far gone by. It said that you had experience, and I don't know how long it lasted, working as a telephone tarot reader. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, okay. Just before you continue, there's one thing I have to say. So like I said, with the internet, this is completely a thing of the past, I assume, for the most part, if not completely. And right away, it made me think of like, you know, Dion Warwick (laughs) and the 1-900 number. But I have another story to share. (laughs) I don't know if uh, CJ told you this or not, but I am Canadian. Oh. Okay. My my grandma, I'm three quarters um, Canadian. (laughs) Oh, sweet, sweet, beautiful. But anyway, uh, growing up, um, there was this awful late night infomercial similar to the Dion Warwick one called JoJo's Psychic Alliance. <laughs> and she was this French, she was this French Canadian woman based out of Montreal with this big, horrendous blonde oh wig. And like her infomercial and her commercials were a running joke here for a long, long time. And like I said, it was even more cringe than like the ones <laughs> Dion did. So I just want you to share some of your experiences working with that. How long did it last? Was it a total car wreck? <laughs> like, like what did you take away from it? Like, cause you're laughing. So I'm hard, laughing because so I, I can't believe I actually it. forgot that I did that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even remember so it's that good that's how long right. ago it was but like and it didn't last very long as you can probably tell that i forgot all about it but um right after yeah. college i moved to california and um that's i was looking for extra i was like i, I was working about like five jobs at the time <laughs> i had a full-time job i was waitressing at night and like and so i said so i think they were they there must have been a commercial or something for the nine, you know, the 900 numbers. And, um, so I had to just get a second phone line and hook up to it. And, um, when you log on, like you would log on through your phone, I think you had like a, you know, press the whatever pin number or something. And, and then you'd start to get a call. So your phone would ring and you pick it up and you had an intro and then you'd start reading the cards. I didn't do it very long, obviously. Cause, I, I forgot, but um, I probably maybe a month. I, I I probably did it for a month, and every time I went to log on, I just got this knot in my stomach. I didn't want to do it. I was very resistant to it, um, because people weren't taking it seriously, and and I didn't feel like I couldn't see the person. I didn't know them. I I didn't feel comfortable, you know. Um, and the I think the last straw was when a girl propped her phone up and said, "Listen to this." She was fighting with her boyfriend. And she said, listen to this and then tell me, then you read my cards. And she propped the phone up and had me listen for, there was a cutoff time of like an hour or like just under an hour um, where the phone call would automatically disconnect. And I kept saying, hello, are you still there? And all I could hear was, was her fighting in the background with her boyfriend, but she wasn't hanging up. So I couldn't hang up. And finally the the call timed out and that was it. Yeah, and that was the end of my career. As maybe that's where my my um, block of being able to read comes from, partly because of that experience. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, and uh, I just remembered uh, during that story, this woman, her name out of Montreal was named Jojo Savard. I got to look up on YouTube and uh, see if some of her stuff. Oh, I bet you it is. I'll have to look up too. Oh, <laughs> buddy. Because they popped up everywhere. And then it, the company that I worked for put out a thing to the, you know, if you have any ideas for a commercial, send it in and you can win $500 or something like that. So I sent in this commercial idea. And I never heard back about it. And then later I see it on TV, almost like exactly what I sent in. And I go, oh, they stole my idea. They didn't even pay me for it. So I think that might have actually been the last straw when I... when I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm dating, my, I'm dating myself by like... I definitely don't. I don't have any of those experiences. <laughs> <laughs> you're not missing anything believe me i could have done without that yeah, you're lucky <laughs> on my resume like well, we had what miss ellie was that her name? oh that was another thing was that the they cropped up all like, like there were so many and i swear it was probably the same company just under different brands you know it was probably all the same just raking in the what three two ninety nine a minute or whatever it was. <laughs> oh well, and, and it's and it's crazy too because they're taking you know a, a divination tool that's crazy right. significant in almost every magical path. Like um, Phil, does does the tarot have any place in shamanism? I'm not a hundred percent. The only um, thing I've seen is what I mentioned earlier about my friend with the special shamanic oracle decks. There's a lot of shamanic symbolism mm-hmm. on those cards. That's all I've seen so far because shamanism usually uses a lot of different tools. And it's funny you bring up divination because on the second weekend of August, I'm taking a divination course so I could have a more straight answer for you after Oh, nice. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, cool. Because, I mean, uh, Jen, when it comes to the tarot, like, how how do you view its significance? Like when it comes to uh, beginner practitioners along any path, or um, just anybody in general looking to get into divination in itself, given the wide range of tools that we have available to us. Like, uh, I guess the question here is: is where where does divination fall? A uh, divination that's where a does good the question. Fall uh, on the scale of significance within there. I think people just have to maybe just trust, go inside and trust their intuition, what they've tried different things and see what they connect with the most. Like some people for a while I was using, you know, a pendulum and board, um, you know, and uh, just to try that out for a while. And, you know, and I think maybe if the, if you go, I, that's why I still like brick and mortar for, for divination shops and spiritual, you know, if you go to, you know, Salem or, anywhere that has, you know, a few different kinds of shops. Um, that's probably the best place to, to find a lot of different things. Although a lot of the stores do have the same things, but, and just see what you're drawn to maybe, you know, I think everybody, so like for me, if tarot is really a significant divination tool, it might not be for somebody else. Um, but I think it's, it's one of the most universal, um, Oracle cards and tarot cards. Again, which one you choose to use, you know, daily or, you know, on a regular basis is personal, I think. Okay. Uh, and then a the follow-up question for that. Um, so there's this, this line of thought 
There's two lines of thought when it comes to the tarot, especially when it comes to acquiring your first deck. There's one line of thought that says, pick whatever deck you're drawn to. And that's personally uh, the method that I used. And I I feel that I made the correct choice. Um, But then there's also the other line of thought that says that your tarot deck has to be gifted to you by another person. That's so funny that you ask that because I have been hearing that all over the place lately. And I feel like I had never heard it before or maybe rarely, but now I've heard it. I've heard it. Um, at least three or four times, like over this past like month, I would say, you know, and I'm like, huh. And then I thought about it and mine actually was gifted. My Catholic parents actually gave it to me for Christmas when I was a teenager because my mom is kind of into that stuff too. So, you know, she, she, she likes it. And um, so when I said, oh, I want a tarot deck, she, she actually got me one for Christmas. So mine was gifted. I, and I realized that when I heard this, cause I, I probably would have gone out and bought one anyway. So I don't, I don't know if I, I think it's, if you, if you want a particular tarot deck, you, you're in a store, you're at a festival or, and you see it and it's calling to you. I say, buy it. I don't necessarily think someone has to give it to you. I think if someone does give you a deck, there's a special significance to that in the sense that maybe they felt you it it was for you, you know, something you didn't see, like a sign that you didn't see yourself, someone else is sharing with you. So, but I don't think one way is wrong and the other way is right. You know, they can both be special. How about you? What do you, what, what are your thoughts on that? I feel like- Honestly, uh, I, I'm I'm either or like I like I love accepting gifts when it right. comes to the metaphysical uh, from people uh, depending on the intention right, behind right. the gift. Um, but at the same time, I do like like so like when I acquired when I acquired your deck, I I just I I was on a rack. There were like fifty different decks there, and I'm looking at everything, and I just kept coming back to it, coming back to it, and coming back to it, and like I just I couldn't yeah. stop coming back to it, and I was like, all right going to definitely take this one home with me. Um, There's just some things, you know, like that was, right, that was right. supposed to be mine. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. So, but I've done that with other things too. And I've seen it and you just, it, it kind of like gnaws at your brain. Like you're like, ah, and you just know you have to go back and get it. You know, I've had that happen with other, you know, with other, mm-hmm. even with other decks too. And, you know, other things I've seen out there. So, yeah, I think trusting your intuition, that's always, you know, something, if, if something keeps coming, they say, if you don't write it down and you still remember it, maybe it's, you know, significant. So. That's an interesting thought. Um, Phil, I'm actually out of questions myself. Uh, do you have any other follow-up questions that you'd like to get answers for? Um, I just have uh it's kind of a two part question here, but I'm really excited to know. So, Jen, on my podcast, um, I do a segment called the monthly case study and I did the first few on my own and then Angel Card Amy hopped on and uh, helps me out with them now and makes it a lot more fun. And what I do is um, I take like a horror movie or a supernatural movie that is based on a true story and I compare the movie script with the true story and 
it takes us in some pretty wild directions sometimes. So my first part of the question is, is that you live in New England and just a funny side note, I've been to every single state in the New England area, except <laughs> Rhode Island. It's the only one I... You probably drove on. through it and didn't even but, realize. Um, <laughs> I could have driven through like the Western <laughs> Tip or something. You never know, but I'm pretty sure I haven't been there, <laughs> just so you know. But um, New England is obviously the home of two of the great master horror writers of all time, Stephen King and yes. H.P. Lovecraft. And with their writings and various other things... And I talked about this. I did a case study uh, a couple of months ago on the haunting in Connecticut. And I just realized that New England has a lot of weird energy and weird activity going on there. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that and if there's any experiences you've had just in that part of the U.S. Um, well, I'm, I'm from here originally, so I, I don't I think I take it for granted a little bit. But it's funny that you mentioned H.P. Lovecraft because... I was just walking in, there's a cemetery, Swan Point Cemetery in Providence. And I was just walking there yes, yesterday. I think it was yesterday. And um, he's buried there somewhere, I believe, unless that's a rumor. Oh, wow. And it's hu- it's humongous. It's just a huge place. And I almost lost my car. Like I, That's how big it is. Like, I didn't know. I forgot where I parked. So I was kind of looking for where he's buried. Um, and yeah, that just happened. So. And if you go around that area, I years ago I was writing some fiction and I was into him and I was, it had to do something with where he lived. It's so long ago that I kind of forgot the story died on the vine, unfortunately. But um, I remember going down to Providence and like researching, you know, where he lived and, and, and things like that. And um it's it's a cool place. I mean, it's definitely if you're in Massachusetts or nearby Connecticut, it's definitely if you're into horror, like I definitely say just check out some places. There's a lot of there are a lot of haunted places, which I always say I'm gonna go around like Halloween, which I don't know why, it's just like the fall just seems the time for that, you know. Um and I have been to some some things. There was a you know, a few ghost tours, but there is some really cool places that I know I haven't seen and it's one of those things you just take for granted because you're here and, Oh, I can go anytime type of thing. But, um, yeah, I guess it's just part of the history, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Interesting, uh, side note. And then I'll get to my final question for you. Uh, I had a gentleman on from my neck of the woods who does ghost tours, who told me he had been to the major ones in Salem and was very disappointed by them. And the more kind of non-tourist, touristry that's even a word or off the beaten path tours he said those ones were better than the overhyped ones at salem so i found that interesting well, the, salem and i i have a tradition of going every year with uh, <clears throat> I, I usually go with my daughter and her friends and my sister i go several times usually in october um and i've been so much i don't i've been on a lot of the tours and a lot of them are terrible um just tour guides that either don't aren't interested um don't really know the history you know or the, you know they they don't know how to handle a crowd so there are, you ha- it's almost like you have to get a recommendation there was one Tom the tour guide he was awesome we were like Tom Groupies for a while my friend and I like 
just whatever tour he was actually from Rhode Island. He moved there. Um, and he was just really knowledgeable. He loved history. Um, and he was a really good tour guide. So it depends on who you get for a tour guide. That's, that's a crucial point. Cause you can get some really, really good insight. There are some really cool tours in Salem. Um, if you get the right person, but here, I don't know that I've ever been on one here except, Oh, when the ghost hunters or not ghost hunters, but like it was a crew and they came right down to this Patuxent village near me. Um, it's like a really historic village. And we went on a ghost tour with them at one of the churches in the area and in the nearby, you know, walking down and it was more informative than it was like scary or they didn't really pick up anything supernatural or anything like that, but it was interesting. So. Yeah. I mean, most of those tours are more historical than actually finding something, but they're interesting nonetheless. And uh, I'm going to start getting back on some myself uh, later this summer. Final question from me. Um, we're going to disqualify The Exorcist because <laughs> we've already mentioned it. But other than The Exorcist, what is your favorite horror movie that is based on a true oh, story? Oh, based on a true story. Oh. Probably, like, The Conjuring, I guess. I know that's kind of hyped up right now, but I, it's a local one, yeah. And, um, uh, well, I do like Amityville Horror, but there's a couple schools of thought on if that's actually, um, if you named a few, because I'm really bad at, like, recalling, like, ones that are based in actuality, like, I might because I feel like I'm forgetting like a really important moment. Oh, that's okay. I mean, you gave some good answers. And then uh, when I exchange information, you could look at my past case study episodes and find out which oh, ones are Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because if I haven't seen it, I I love I love horror movies, but I, lo- I especially love them if there's great. They don't even have to be exactly, you know, as long as there's some basis, yeah. you know in in real life that it makes it that more much more interesting so but phil you have recently covered the conjuring on your show right yeah that was in um oh memory's failing me i think that was the may case study and then june we did haunting in connecticut and then uh you and me we teamed up on the second half of uh, Serpent in the Rainbow, the voodoo oh, one, cool. for July. So, oh right, yeah. The hunting in Connecticut. I've seen that. I that's when they move into. Uh, I think I I actually saw it recently. Sometimes I get the the titles. I get them mixed up because I I've watched so many different ones that you know. Yeah. Um. That that one I remember as being a good one, if I'm remembering correctly. The Serpent and the Rainbow, I feel like I watched that, like, a long, like, the original. It's kind of old, right? Is it, is that an old? 80s, yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that was, but that, I remember, I should rewatch that. That, I remember that one being good. I watched so many, my my friend, my friend Amy, and we're both, like, horror movie nerds, like, big time. We, we were going to do like a horror movie review blog, but we just never could get our act together to actually. <laughs> We'd watch the movies and then we. Oh man, you're going to, you're going to love Phil's case study. 
page then. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to check those out for sure. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It may, may, maybe you got a, a team up in the future there, Phil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, we've had uh, guest case studies before, so I mean, never know. You never know. Collaboration could be in the works, so. All right. Um, Jen, you want to take this time to go ahead and, and plug anything that you want. The floor is yours, as Phil would say. Um, your socials, upcoming projects, where people can purchase products from you. I, I wish I, well, I wish I had more to plug right now, but I'm, I'm in the process of actually move, like reconfiguring my website. But I think if you just, my, my main website, jenniferglasso.com, just check it for updates because I'm, I haven't really figured out. I'm trying to move certain things to Etsy and then also make room for this new tarot deck. And I don't want to have 15 websites like I used to have, cause it's really confusing. So I think if you just go on my main site, um, I'm going to try to keep that updated with any changes and also updates on the new tarot deck, which I'm hoping it will be finished and out in 2022. We'll see how that goes. Um, hoping at the, toward the end of it. So I'm hoping to maybe this fall to start posting um the cards as I because I I've sketched out <clears throat> a bunch of them. All the all the majors are sketched out. I just have to actually paint them. And as I paint them, I'm I'm gonna post them <clears throat> because um that's what I did with the first deck, and it it kind of, it was cool because people kind of wait you know were, saw the process as it went along. So okay. Any social medias or anything? Instagram? Um, I do have Instagram. I had, <laughs> I had my name and then I, I don't know what I did. I disabled my account. So now it, I believe it's Jen Galasso 1127. Um, I think that's my Instagram. I, I don't do a whole lot with it lately. I need to do more with it. Um, I'm off Facebook. Basically, I do have my old Facebook page, which is, I think it's Jennifer Galasso art. I haven't posted in a while, but I'm probably going to post there with, the new deck pictures. I'm really bad at social media. Um, and, and I don't love Facebook. So, uh, I'm going to try to just direct people from there to whatever platform I'm going to try and just stick with, with one or two and concentrate on those. I think that's the best course of action for me when I'm averse to social media in general. So I definitely <laughs> understand that. When they when they said that things like the tarot were evil, they had no idea. <laughs> they had no idea. You're absolutely right. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, uh, I guess that kind of wraps up where everything that uh, we needed to wrap up. Uh, Phil, do you have anything uh, to add before we close? No, out? I. This was. Oh, were you asking Phil or me? It cut out for a second. I both yeah. No, I mean, this was, <laughs> on my end, this was great. It was really cool meeting you guys, and I've learned a lot, and hopefully, you know, we'll follow up again, for sure. Yeah, I just want to say, okay. um, it's always really cool being invited to things like this, and I love participating and helping out, and, um, the thing I enjoy the most is that, and CJ can probably relate to this, that in 
our day-to-day working lives, we can't always sit and have conversations like this. So it's always special when we can get online for an hour and a bit and do it like this. So absolutely. I appreciate it too. I'm I'm so glad you guys reached out. That was a nice surprise. And it was good timing too, because I, I had just been thinking, oh, I probably should, you know, start putting the new deck out there. And it was kind of a nice surprise that, you know, that the old deck still, you know, had was wasn't lost and gone, you know, or whatever, you know. So and I appreciate that. Oh yeah, for just just to reiterate on what Phil said, thank you so much for coming out here and and and, ta- and chatting with us today. Um, it really was uh, fantastic. I was looking forward to it a lot. Um, but it's, I am I'm a big thank fan you of your so work. So um, this, this was pretty significant for me. Um, my my typical co-host Jeremy. Uh, gets to talk to some of his author heroes. Um, and oh I my God. talk to one of mine. I'm so like blushing over. You can't see me, but <laughs> thank you so much. You're so sweet. You guys are great. Thank you. This has been this has been an awesome time. Nice way to spend a Friday night. I'm like, thank you so much. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then uh, besides that, uh, anybody else out there listening, if you want to hear more content from us, you can check out the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast or, uh, you know, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, you know, five star reviews and and, and things and, and the iTunes. Uh, Phil, you want to let them know where they can find you? Yeah, same uh, places as uh, Infinite Rabbit Hole, but I'm also on Instagram, Unexplained Incorporated, and my personal slash professional page phantom fail unexplained with all the underscores underneath and unexplained incorporated facebook twitter and also my website with additional content the phantomhub.com oh my dog just i heard my daughter again <laughs> sorry about that i was hoping she wouldn't bark <laughs> no worries and uh Everybody out there, once again, this has been the second installment of the Void Podcast Network, and we're looking forward to bringing you more collaborations like this in the future. Thanks, guys. Thank so much. Have a great night. All right, there we have it big thank you to CJ and a big thank you to Jen Galasso that fell together beautifully it was a lot of fun and uh, I learned quite a bit about uh, the history and the machinations of Tarot and I'm kind of wondering maybe I should get my own deck and play around with it with all these new energetic channels I have opening and uh, skills and whatnot. who knows what I might find we'll see where it goes but uh, yeah I wasn't kidding when I said uh, if Jen wants to come on for a future case study, I could definitely work something out with Amy and I as long as the schedules uh, align and the stars align. That's all good with me as uh, our next one is coming in about two weeks' time. But next week, of course, will be the Lightworker series with somebody who I met in person uh, just over a month ago. And they have an incredible story to tell psychic medium I'll tell you more of her story on uh, the unexplained incorporated socials uh, in the coming days and if you haven't checked my socials already August lineup is set 
and good to go. Going to start booking into September pretty soon. Keep this thing rolling. Love the way the show's getting mapped out and where it's going. What else can I say? But just a reminder uh, to everybody, you can catch um, Unexplained Incorporated on Facebook, Twitter at PhantomPhil3, Instagram Unexplained Incorporated, and also give a follow to Angel Card Amy and myself, Phantom Phil Unexplained, very easy to find. Also the phantomhub.com, which also has some blogs and some extras on there as well. And I haven't talked about this in a little while, but my shamanic blog, stage one, phase one of my shamanic journey is available on my spiritual shenanigans.blog had some uh, really good feedback of that so far and yeah all I can say was uh, it's really fun to connect in uh, this type of environment and I don't have a whole lot left for you things are rolling along they're getting ahead of more info on the void podcast network will be coming along uh, as it comes along very shortly so stay tuned uh, for the developments of that as well Here in my neck of the woods, Ontario, things are finally opening up and uh, getting back into the game, so to speak. Uh, I just hope it can stay that way and they don't get too screwy, screwy, I should say, but uh, that's another discussion for another day. I'm rolling right along, and my apologies if there was some background noise in part of that interview. Somebody decided to shoot fireworks off on a random Friday night in the middle of July in my neighborhood. I... Did not hear or see that one coming. (laughs) But who knows? It's a crazy one out there, so that's why we got to stay more aligned and more centered than ever. And next week, uh, we go from Tarot to Psychic Mediumship and maybe talking a little bit about some energy healing and Reiki on the Lightworker series. In the meantime, though, you know the drill. True believers, you got to stay strong. Stay healthy, and most importantly, stay curious. For tonight, the doors of Unexplained Incorporated are now closed.